Hello everybody and welcome to episode number seven of the Swim Tribe podcast. Today I am joined by Kay Seals who's the chairman of the IISA GB board and secretary to the global board as well as being an IISA official and Kate has got a responsibility for organising the GB Ice Swimming Championships here in the UK. Kate was inducted into the Ice Swimming Hall of Fame in 2020. And I am really honoured to be joined by Kate today because she has got the probably one of the biggest ice CVs that I've ever seen. So what I want to do first is just have a chat with you, Kate, and just see where it all started. What was your first experience of dipping your toe into swimming outside? I started swimming with Portsmouth triathletes after my ex-husband walked out and every other weekend he saw my son Daniel and when I didn't have Dan I went down there and started sea swimming. I'd always had this dream that as a child I wanted to swim the English Channel and that's how I really started my open water swimming career. Down at Portsmouth I met, made friends, I met some others who were doing a channel relay swim Mm. And I thought, mm, if they can do it, I think I can do that. So I signed up to swim with Aspire and in 2011 did the, the six-person relay. And that went really, really well. I really enjoyed it. I remember the boat pilot speaking to me on the swim and said, do you think, you know, looked at your stroke, mm, do you think are you aiming to do a solo one day? And I thought, no, I can't. It's too cold. I can't cope with that. And then I swam through the winter um, in a wetsuit. And then the next year, I swam through the winter again. And I met my partner, Rory, who persuaded me to go to the UK cold water swimming champs. I think it was 2000 and early 2013, possibly. Mm -hmm. And I did really well. I came back with, I think, a bronze and a silver and the sprints. But I remember they did a 450 metres. And I thought, yeah, really like that. And Rory thought I was completely crazy. And then I heard about ISA. I was building up my distances in the local rivers because I'd got quite a network of where I could swim and people I could swim with. And it was juggling it, being a single mum, having to go when I didn't have Dan or when Dan could come with me. And it, it was really quite, quite a challenge. And then um, I was planning my first ISA. I went to Chill Swim, I think, 2014. And then I was lucky enough to get selected to go to Momansk for the first ever ice swimming world championships. So how did you get your selection for that? Had you done an ice mile by that point? When I got selected, I hadn't, but I'd been chatting to Ram and knew about how to do it because not many people had done it. I think I, I think I'm you'll have to check this. I think it's about 102 or something is my ice mile number. Yeah. So it was before it, the wave really kicked off and became really popular. Yeah. I did that in January before I went to Momansk. Yeah. But we had a list of about five people from Great Britain were meant to come. And we had quite a long waiting list. So somehow I got selected to go and everybody else kept dropping off. We can't do it for whatever reason or the thought of going to zero. And in the end, Rory, who was a reserve, came up. And in the end, it was only the two of us that represented Great Britain out there. Yes. And we both won age group gold medals for the 1,000 metres. And it was just amazing, absolutely amazing. Because you're right there, that it's really scary thinking about the drop-off from doing five and under five in England to going and doing that drop to going down to zero. For me, before we went to Russia, I was terrified, absolutely terrified about that drop. Because there's a huge difference, isn't there? 
You can feel every degree below five, yes. Yeah. But we didn't have the people, the experience of, you know, being able to speak to other people who'd been out to Murmansk. Mm. Um, Rory swam before me and he was petrified, which didn't help me at all because I'd go afterwards. And then there was a local lady from Murmansk in the lane next to me and she ended up having to be rescued and really suffered and it just absolutely freaked me out, completely freaked me out in my event. Did you get to do any shorter events before that first 1K swim when you were in Murmansk? I think we'd done a warm-up one and I think all the other shorter events were on the following days. Mm-hmm. So yes, I did. A, it was a 4.50 then and then all the other ones and we had team totals of all the medals. So you had the local Arctic Cup competition and the world champs and there was two of us in Team GB, and I think we were third in the medal table overall. We did really well. It was an amazing trip, yeah. It's so amazing, because how I got over my nerves when I went to, to Murmansk with, with you guys was when we all went to the ice hole on that first day, and I remember crossing the road, and you and Rory were, were coming back shivering, and it's like, oh, Jesus, what are we getting ourselves into? Mm-hmm. And I'd gone down with Cap and Mark, and we'd gone into the little walrus hut, yep. changed, met by Lars Mack um, from Germany and Christoph was there as well from Germany and got welcomed as Team Brexit and then watched them get in really. And John Coe was there um, and John Meyer as well. And honestly, I that that first swim was for me horrendous getting in that ice hole and going from England where the coldest we'd done was about 1.8 to going to, to, to Murmansk and doing that and the wind chill the air temperature when we got there was really cold but then by the time that we'd actually gone and did the 1k it warmed up because it was snowing when I did mine I had to build it up if I hadn't have had that 200 meter race I, I entered the day you guys all did the 500 I don't think I would have been able to do it don't know about you it's tough. I mean, when we did the 1K the first time in Murmansk, it was on the day of the eclipse. It was March and I was quite late in the afternoon. It got all dark and it was quite amazing being so far north for the eclipse. And then it started to snow and it was like a blizzard. It's just crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. But you meet so many wonderful people in the ice and I trust the Russian doctors and Sasha and his wife and his, the team of them in recovery and personally i think their method of recovery is second to none and they absolutely look after you and i think that's a really key safety message you must never push yourself to such limits without a good safety team around you and i think when you are swimming and racing a thousand meters in those temperatures you are pushing yourself to your extremes because not only have you got that temperature you're doing the fastest that you can yeah i agree with you there i pushed myself in russia because i knew that the recovery was so good and that the team were so well practiced I think in yes. that's where they live that's the climate that, that's there every day they swim in it they they push themselves in it and I was reassured by having those people to look after me at the end I, honestly I don't think I could and the pool safety I think at the time that rescues referee most of the time you had one of us from the global board poolside as well watching certainly this last time so it's a combination of both factors, mm. but definitely. And surrounding yourself around the people with, with the knowledge. At the end of the day, you have to put your safety in the hands of your second and the officials on the side and the doctors. 
you've also got to be able to accept not only if they tell you to stop to get out but actually being brave enough that actually if it isn't your swim if something goes wrong because all swims are different that you can call it yourself to know your own limits and actually not have to wait on somebody else to tell you and that's something that's concerning me at the moment we're seeing people banding around rules of thumb and that kind of thing online I think the only person that can tell whether you're okay up until the point where you start being a bit delirious is you yes I think you shouldn't get yourself to such a state that you're shivering in the water that's one of the things I say and if you start if your vision goes blurred or you start swallowing a bit of water or having to think to answer a question too long i know when i look at i smile and support them if they take too long or are very slurred that's the time to get them out and there's, there's a fine line between pushing it yeah. and it's making sure that it's completely safe and, and everything around you so one thing I do want to have a chat with you, Kate, is about your I7s that you're currently doing. So for anyone that doesn't know, there's a challenge called the I7s, which involves swimming one ice mile on every continent in the world and also a polar one. So in an ice mile at zero, your zero can be any one of those. So, yes, it's an ice mile in seven continents and one of which has to be at zero. Mm-hmm. And you are currently six out of seven of these and you've done your zero. So for me, I cannot get my head round doing an ice mile at zero. I've done an ice mile at 3.6 and that was hard. Tell us about your ice mile at zero because it blows my mind. It was really, really difficult. It was quite early in the season for me as well, which wasn't the best really. But I was sighted out to China to Shangya Shang to help them do their first ever ISA event. So I went out there, a very different setup in China, quite new to a competitive sport there. They had some quirky stuff. They were doing highboard diving into the ice, which a lot of us know how dangerous it is, but that was before the swimming started. It was about minus 14, I think, and the wind chill was about minus 22, and it was zero. And it was a swimming pool, 25 metre pool cut out of the ice. We'd arrived in China right in the far north in Harbin. And then we'd had to catch uh, about a 14 hour overnight train across to the other side or to another area. When we'd arrived in China, they'd lost all our luggage, which had caused a lot of stress. I've learned from previous trips where I've lost luggage to always travel with a couple of pairs of swimmers, goggles, hat in my hand luggage. But when you land and Harbin's even colder, I've swum there as well. You know, Harbin was like minus 30 and you haven't got your dry robe or your sports cloak and you haven't got all your thermals. You haven't got, I mean, the amount of kit, as you know, from Murmansk that you have to take when it's that, that cold. And China was a lot colder than Murmansk. It was like, so we went to Decathlon and we'd met our Russian friends there, uh, Sasha and his friends he took us to a local decathlon so we could buy thermals and buy extra kit a towel for example and they didn't take cards so then they had to pay cash and we had to find another place to go and get a card to get the cash out to pay the russians then to get on the train so we arrived at this place and i know china makes a lot of the clothing for us but a lot of chinese are a lot shorter than i am so trying to get anything that would fit me was also quite and rory too was quite a challenge so we arrived at this place in the middle of nowhere for a few days swimming 
And then there was a lot of kerfuffle at the time because there was a Russian guy, Albert Subirov, who wanted to do the ice mile as well. And there was a lot of debate with the Chinese about whether we could do it, whether we couldn't. We'd already had a medical, then we had to go back and have another medical. And then there was a bit of scuffle between a referee and the swimming organiser, and it all went on like this. So eventually I was told, yes, you can do it. So I got in. And it was it was really tough. It's by far my slowest ice mile. And I'll say that anybody that does an ice mile at zero, you know, as long as you haven't got a current assisting you, it's definitely, definitely going to be your slowest ice mile. Because at zero, I mean, a kilometre, you know, a lot, quite a few people probably listen to this. Some of them will have done a, a kilometre at zero if they've been to Mamansk. But it feels like double that. Mm. So that's how you psychologically you've got to think about it. Um, and yes they came up and I wouldn't have done it at zero if I didn't have faith in that recovery team yeah. and Sasha and Victoria Bullen were there um, mm. and they'd helped teach Rory everything about how their recovery method so after the swimmer went into the shower area to sit on a stool whilst they put lukewarm water over my feet and my hands and I remember wanting to go into the sauna early and they said you're not ready for it so then eventually I went into the sauna and it was my toughest and hardest recovery ever yeah so then somebody came rushing in saying quick quick you need to get dressed Kate the minibus needs to go we've got to get somewhere else I'm just sort of warming up in the sauna quite nicely and then you put all your layers on your five layers and you go outside and there was all the tv crew wanting to interview me and it's like right outside at minus 22 again it's like oh does it get cold again and then they the people from the minibus came just come on we've got to go we've got to go and got bundled into the back of this minibus and there was no heating in the minibus there was ice on the inside of the windows <laughs> it was like so cold but still really really happy obviously and there was a lot of language problems and we didn't really know where we were being taken and instead of being taken four hours to a hotel that we thought we ended up in another railway station We'd been given a, by the organisers another railway ticket. And then we had to go to another place for a swimming demonstration in the ice. And that was, I think, Christmas Day. Um, and we, we ended more swimming. And um, there's a little more funny story on the minibus. They had to make time up because apparently it had taken too long to get warm. But you know how you need to go to the loo after you've been ice swimming with your bladder? It's just like... so. I said, oh, we need to stop the minibus. And they just sort of seemed to ignore me. There was only other one other woman in the group, and they seemed to say, oh, no. Then they got out the vodka and everything, not the driver, obviously. And it's like, can we please stop? And we had to keep going for about another hour and a half till eventually they ran out of vodka. So they wanted to stop at the services to get some more vodka. So at which point I leapt out, and I said, oh, where are you going? So then I went off, found the loo, and came back. So don't be long, don't be long bundled in for a bit more up to up to the next railway station so it's very memorable and um i've got a lot of people to thank the people who looked after me who trusted me had faith in me to do that um it was really really tough and it shouldn't be taken lightly yeah. that i zero yeah I, I can't get my head around it after having done a k at Murmansk. I think I was ready to get out because it was such a new experience i just didn't know where my body could go I've got a poster on my wall in my hall about marathons. You have to forget your last marathon before you do another one. I think that's exactly the same for uh, Iserin. You have to get over the last one. 
<laughs> to do another now I'm thinking actually I'd like to go and do an, another K at zero because I think I could do another one I think I could do it quicker Definitely. than I did but of course you can. it's just going and forgetting that other one so yeah just it blows my mind it's absolutely amazing I, I genuinely I can't comprehend it I don't think I could do a nice smile at zero probably could and surprise myself but I don't think I'm ready to do that yet how many seasons have you been doing of Isomin before you did that I zero did I do that in 2017 17 yes well 2015 was my first ice kilometer at zero mm-hmm. and I've done I've done a few kilometers at zero now mm-hmm. um obviously in Mamansk again in Estonia mm-hmm. um yeah and I think somewhere else so and when we're going away to a big competition where I know it's going to be really cold we go to Snowdonia and I go hiking up mountains to find the coldest lake I can find <laughs> which isn't frozen and obviously swim much shorter distances I usually stay in probably between 12-15 minutes we swim one at a time and make sure we don't you know it might be less than that depends how I feel we feel um get out and it's very different because you're on the exposed mountainside you get your layers on you keep going but you walk to warm up so the risk factors are much higher so you have to be you, you psychologically have to risk assess everything where you get in but that's the best training that I can find um, living right on the south coast it gets cold sub five but it's not going to get to two three one degrees I have my ice bath which is an old scruffy bath on the patio not the prettiest garden feature but a necessity I don't say I enjoy it but I think it helps it works for me it might not work for everybody um yeah i've never done ice bath i've been in john myatt's ice barrel in the summer and it wasn't even that cold and i don't like the fact that i'm not moving i'm quite happy to go in and swim and try hard but i can't just do the sitting i i just can't do it it's too painful it is difficult a lot of mental challenge but then that is part of the swims as well but when you start swimming for example when i went to new zealand last year in the southern hemisphere and what i'm going to have to do when i go out to south america you have to get ready in the summer and last year like this year it was really hot in summer so the coldest i could get the bath down with just tap water was about 10 degrees and i put loads of ice in it and then it even struggled to get that properly low how did you then find doing that ice mile in august when you don't have the temperatures here so I stayed with friends and the sea, I was told, would be seven degrees. I think we had nine degrees. It was a bit warmer than that. Maybe it did go to seven. And I was going there three times a day and doing a mile. And I had a week, went up into the Alps in the Southern Ireland. I did just over a kilometre. I think I did 1,200 in five. And then a little dip on the second lake, which ended up to be the lake where I did swim. Um, maybe just you know, 150 meters perhaps 200 because i already done my bigger swim in another lake mm. and then and then i had some rest days i'm a firm believer of having some rest days as well we don't do much mm. and then yeah went up and, and did it and it was so beautiful and i always try and think of lots of positive thoughts how lucky am i to be there to have this opportunity how lucky that i've got friends and medics 
who were giving up their time to support me to go there that's a really lovely mentality to have when you're doing it because for me it was when I did my first Ironman I'd gone up to see Leon I got up at six in the morning and my brain was saying you ain't getting out you just got up at six in the morning and you've made a real effort to get here but you're making a real even bigger effort to get to the other side of the world (laughs) (laughs) that's what what was going through my head on it because it's definitely a mental thing with with it because I find those last two 300 meters of an ice mile it's like you're carrying a bath on your back the last bit last few hundred is definitely the hardest mm-hmm. definitely and I have a tendency to sort of in the middle to get a bit too comfortable and sort of not think about my stroke and stop kicking so much not that I'm a great kicker and that's when I swim anyway and then it's like I need to sort of have someone say come on keep going and don't sort of get too lapsadaisical and slow and then get going again really but yes I think I enjoy giving back to the sport because I think it is very much a team effort Mm. like channel swimming and I do like to think that I I do quite a lot to try and give back to that sport to ice swimming both for Great Britain um, and also sitting on the global board I, I like to think that I can make a difference and help other people achieve some of their dreams as well. Well, you definitely have, because your belief in me got me to Russia. If you hadn't believed that I could do it, I wouldn't have done it, because I'm too... Because of of my past history of swimming, I I used to maybe not do stuff because I didn't want the disappointment. So the fact that you believed in me... um, Most definitely, I always believed in you. Thank you. And and with some of the the swims you've done, they just blow my mind. I just, I can't comprehend that. And the fact that you had your faith in me meant that I have faith in myself so I really appreciate it and and everything that you did for us when we went to Russia like we couldn't have done it without you what you did for all of us then with everything that was going on Kate was absolutely phenomenal Um, and I know that I will be speaking for the entire team when I say this like we couldn't have done it without you so thank you oh thank you and it was such a privilege to lead the team and um I look forward to leading the team and getting us to Poland as well. Hopefully, if possible, a larger British team. So oh. Roll on 2022 once we've got rid of COVID. Oh, I know. I was very disappointed to sit here that they've been cancelled, but actually it's probably for the best. Definitely yeah. for the best. What's your favourite eye smile been out of all the ones you've done? Oh, that's a difficult question. Let me think. <laughs> I suppose the toughest one I'm probably most proud of is the i zero mm. um i think the one i did in canada was really special as well because the whole community got behind me and they came out and watched and the local canadian swimmers were there to help support me um yeah oh it's magic it was lake simcoe wasn't it yes yes i did quite a lot of research before to find that stayed in this beautiful bed and breakfast right on the lakeside and so I got permission to get in there. I had to chase the ice around because the night before, loads of the ice, sheet ice, had blown onto the beach at Barry, um, where I was thinking of swimming. And we expected it to go, you know, might have to go there, but that was just covered in ice. And it had cleared, luckily, right outside Beaverton, where we were. And I could get in there. And the neighbour of where we were staying had a sauna in their basement so I could get in, into that somebody from the St John's ambulance volunteered and came up so I had my medics there I had a kayaker I had Rory I had it was just really really good 
when stuff all falls into place kind of not overly intentionally but because of the goodwill of others we've had a swim like that this summer where because somebody gave us the opportunity to, to use their knowledge it's amazing so when's number seven it should have been this summer just gone but i couldn't travel so hopefully this summer once we can travel again with covid once i can get into south america that's the plan i've got quite a lot of things sorted out that's really exciting is it going to be an altitude one i've got some options it depends so it'd be sea level in argentina or it could be altitude in chile it depends on when borders open up things like that um I've got to thank AXA Insurance because it's the only one that I've been sponsored for. So it's just great. Yes. And I've got a medic to travel with me as well. So I'm really looking forward to it. Wow. That's going to be fantastic. It'd be amazing. Amazing. Oh, so proud. Killing it. (laughs) Six out of seven. Nearly there. Nearly there. So you've also done some other incredible bucket list swims as well. So you've done Relay Around the Isle of Wight. Lake Zurich, English Channel, and 20 Bridges in Manhattan. Phenomenal bucket list swims. How did you go about building your swimming up to be able to go and do these kind of events? If I go back to when I talked about my channel relay, then I was on the boat for, I think, three people did separate solo swims in 2013. First of all was Carmen Scales and John Ford both from Portsmouth Tri Club and then Rory. I was crewing for him when he did his amazing solo. And I thought, hmm. And that inspired me to do Zurich, which was a bit warmer because it was always staying in that in the sea for that long that I'd get cold. And there's certain temperatures that I prefer it really, really cold than I do some of the temperatures that other people find more easy than me. So I did Lake Zurich which was really good and then thought yes after that and I had really pleased with my time I booked my channel solo and built up to that did an awful lot the year before got my six hours in did several of them the year before built up and then very pleased with um, my channel I was really pleased with the crew who were absolutely amazing and I got there it was quite choppy a lot of the time but I did it I missed the cap by about 800 meters I think which added an hour to my time and then I remember I went back into work they all said oh at least you landed on a nice sandy beach I said it was really high tide and I had to scramble out over the rocks at Cat Pertiguantne so it was like yes on the map it's nice and sandy and I said yes it would have cut 400 meters off because it's such a long shallow beach but no it was uh, I was really pleased and then I did Manhattan in 2018 I love traveling and I always look for opportunities to add bits in and I do house swaps house exchanges so we flew with Wow Airline that was and came back via Iceland. So I was really lucky. So we did some bits of ice swimming there, went in some some amazing places, found some icebergs and things on the way back from New York. But New York was hot when I did 20 bridges. And in fact, when I finished, I remember taking my cozy off and I'd got bitten by sea lice. It was, yeah, it's a small price to pay. I did really well. I loved it. Um, yeah, it was great that's on my bucket list that is 20 bridges i've been to new york absolutely loved it it was it's amazing I, yeah yeah and, and just i've been in did loads of boat trips around it and gone in in the rivers is it rivers or is it sea 
Mm, I think it's rivers until it gets past the Statue of Liberty, probably. Yeah. So you've got the three rivers. You've got the Harlem, the East, and um, the Hudson. It was just so. It's just so cool. I absolutely loved it. So that's that's always been on my list of, of things that I want to do. So just think of Jamie Monaghan, how incredible. She's done it so many times and she did so many consecutive ones this summer. It's just, she's an absolute inspiration. Um, it's phenomenal. Did she do it four times? Yes, I think so. It's just... 114 miles or something like that. What I can't understand. So I've never gone more than about three, four hours swimming. My mind starts eating itself. I can't get my head around swimming for more than 24 hours. I can't even get my head around swimming more than six. So how did you find going from the six hour qualifying for, for the channel and, and, and then break that like bridging that next gap? Because I would always do a six hour followed by a seven hour and then I might do eight hours and I did a 10 hour swim both times beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I won't. Yeah, I, I need to have it behind me that I've done 10 hours mm. psychologically um, in the channel I wanted to know when I'd passed gone out of English waters over the separation zone into French and shore waters because in my head I just wanted those divides mm-hmm. to know where I was I know you can look at the boats as well I think I mean this year I trained really hard to swim around Jersey but mm. I think I had the one bad week when my window was and we had two storms in August and that was my window blown out completely and that was quite hard I haven't trained so long mm-hmm. to do a swim you know I'd done I think I did five six hours swims and it was tough this season because you had to build things up very quickly because of lockdown yeah and I'm doing a lot of crazy hours at work because I've been redeployed to manage a PPE warehouse for COVID so trying to fit all the swimming in as well and then not to get to the chance to actually swim was pretty gutting but yeah that comes with the territory and and of course I was meant to go to South America but I was also booked to go to Los Angeles to do Catalina to mm-hmm. get my triple crown so that's been deferred as well so what does a triple crown include English Channel 20 Bridges and Catalina so really really close really close how far is Catalina it's I think it's about the same as the English Channel it's around about 20 miles and it's a bit warmer oh that'd be great that'd be so so exciting to get that all ticked off I'm a bit funny with big swims I like to do swims that not many people have done which is what drew me to to do an ice mile Um, because when someone told me that more people climb Everest a year than have ever swum an ice mile that's the kind of stuff I like and that's why this year when we had the opportunity to swim from the Prince of Wales Bridge to Cleveland Pier, we knew that's a route that had never been done. And that's the kind of stuff... That's I, amazing. It, we, we were so lucky. It was just, it was fate that got it. Mm. We, were, we were so lucky. But I like to do swims that are slightly different. And 20 Bridges is on that list for me. And Scar. Yes. The Scar swims yes. on the list. Scar looks amazing. Mm. Early yeah. season for us, a lot of indoor training to get there. Yeah, I was talking to Colleen at, and it just sounds so cool. Mm. I really the scenery to... looks beautiful, so different. Just wanted... But going back to your swim, it was really lovely to be able to join you and Joe and John in that five mile swim that evening we did, or just before dark in the River Thames. Oh. That was really lovely. 
it was beautiful, wasn't it? So what we've been trying to do this season is, well, what I've been trying to do as well is to say yes to things. Like I'm so lucky to be able to do some of the swims that, that I can do. And I've had my, my mindset changed um, by a couple of people this year. And over the last few years, I want to say yes to doing things. So I tried to plan swims. I'm trying to use lockdown as an opportunity to do swims that I, I wouldn't ever do. And the swim we did on the Thames um, is part of a swim series that I'd done a smaller event of. And it was so beautiful. I just thought, let's go and find on that map where we can get in, what's safe. And I'd spent the whole week on the phone, Kate, before trying to find somewhere for us to park. And we found that random parking space and walked, yep. walked to the start. So we got in at, at a lock and we just swam all the way down and we got the most magical sunset at the end it was just it was beautiful wasn't it absolutely and I think that's what I do another other times plan out different routes and when you say how do you keep going over three or four hours I'm quite lucky I don't mind training outside of a large group so I'm lucky that we've got sea kayaks and Rory will quite often kayak for me so I did a really fab swim from Burton Bradstock down to Lyme Regis which is quite a long section of the West Dorset coast which is where I grew up so I love that part of the world and that was just under seven hours I think and that was a really good training but it was so beautiful mm. you know I bilateral breathe so it doesn't matter to me which way I do swims which I know is lucky um we've got the river Hamble that's a really big training ground for me but takes me down that and then we go out out of the Hamble and then along down to Leon Solent and round towards Stokes Bay and back or something. It, it's really good. And the Isle of Wight, again, is so scenic. It, it's just, and I'm lucky. I've got a lot of friends down here. I've got a good network of people I can train with, wherever they might be training for. Some of them have done the channel. Some of them have got ambitions too. And it's lucky. And Rory and I have also, I've been coaching a group of six competitive club swimmers this year who are booked to do a channel relay. Uh, team c6 from winchester city penguin swimming club so i've been getting in the water with them a lot of the summer as well i'm pushing them they've all done their qualifier now Amazing. and they are really good fast 13 year olds <laughs> and if they're wells they're always you've got to watch them i think one or two of them keep going in open water they, they seem to be really enjoying it and are getting quite tolerant of the colder waters in fact one of them i was meant to be coaching at andart lake this morning but she lives in now a tier three area so couldn't come so but it's really lovely to again help other people and share that passion so everybody who's helped me there I want to spread the word I want to let people try it for themselves and, and see and if they like it whether it be because they want to do it for their own well-being or for competitive reasons or to join ISA whatever it might be mm. and that's what we try and do at Cliff with our winter sessions it's about education I'm bringing like-minded people together because we've now got loads of offshoot groups that meet up in the week and I'm just grateful that we've been able to give them the, the right teaching to go and do it safely and open up the water to them. I do think safety is, is a huge part of it and with lots more people being drawn to the rivers and, and the sea and the lakes is going and finding a group of, of like-minded people with the experience to learn from. Like I've learned from you from, from ice swimming and the experiences that I've done through ISA and in the really cold water has helped me to then be able to go and teach people properly. Well, I'm lucky enough. I live um, fairly near Dr. Heather Massey from Portsmouth University. 
and she did a previously we've done joint face-to-face interactive talks at Andark, but this year has been done differently and she gave a zoom presentation um, about the safety aspects of, of cold water swimming and so that's really good and then it helps spread the word because ice swimming cold water swimming open water swimming wild swimming whatever people want to do is so so popular but I think it's critical that people do it safely. They don't just jump in that water or put a wetsuit on and think they can stay in there and they're not going to suffer with the cold. You know, we still got to totally respect that water and people mustn't forget that. And that's the education that I'm trying to give at Cliff. Like I encourage all of our swimmers to, to, to not wear a wetsuit because for me, if, if they get really cold, I'm not getting them out without a pair of scissors and they don't want me to go and cut through a couple of hundred quid wetsuit because it's, it, well it's, it's barbaric really isn't it getting getting some scissors to in a really expensive piece of kit but I can't the only times I've ever had hypothermic swimmers in the winter is with, when they've been wearing wetsuits because they didn't realize they were cold and I I just say to them look you can wear it if you want but take it off in the water before you get out or you're going to get stuck but if if they really hate it by all means put it back on a lot of people will wear um, a wetsuit bonnet gloves booties they're, they're really popular that's what most people will do reverse wetsuit <laughs> yes that's what i encourage them to do it's just do it safely and do it well with people around you it's it's yeah fantastic absolutely fantastic. and have have your clothing set out in the order you're going to put it on lots of layers woolly hats hot drink something windproof as well and sheltered to to warm up now, the other thing that i think people forget you must be warmed up properly and sufficiently in order to drive. I think there's a lot of danger that people get in their cars and try and drive when they're not, it's not safe to drive till they're properly warm. Yeah, that we, that's what we've been doing. We take people, um, mm. we've become much slicker in COVID actually, because we've had to segregate people. So we get them dressed on the side of the lake and then send them up to the top where we've got heaters and hot drinks and, and they just stand around socially distanced and, and have a chat and then move off and we don't let them go until they're unless they've got somebody driving them we don't let them leave unless they're warm so what what swims have you got planned for the apart from your um south america catalina and jersey have you got any other ones planned well i've always got my eye out on interesting swims see what other people are doing i think oh yeah that that sort of little interest there but just wait and see one step at a time it's always nice to have ideas but hmm. i would love to go to antarctica i've always had when i was a child i had two big dreams one was to swim the channel one was to go to antarctica now i'd like to go to antarctica and swim in antarctica and that's my dream it's the issues the funding the money but um that is my dream that is mine as well absolutely and i'd love to do the bearing straight as well that would be cool I yeah, uh, I just think that I'd need a couple more seasons under my belt. I'm finding this season actually the easiest season I've ever had, and I don't know if yeah, it's, it's I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I've been able to swim more regularly because usually I only swim once a week in the cold, and I do all my training in the pool. I don't know if it's I've been two, three, three times mm-hmm. a week, or it's just my body's got used to it. But probably a combination of both yeah because it does get easier with experience i think i think you build up that acclimatization you don't actually lose it you still have a little bit for the next season if you keep going all year round from march to october when it you know when it comes back to in october you'll still have some of that left from march and then it'll you'll build it up more quickly 
Yeah, and, and I'm not sure whether it's by going and doing the much longer swims in, in the summer as well, because we were, some of the swims, I, I was regularly doing three, four hour swims. Mm. And I don't know if that's that's a factor in it. But what I am finding is I'm not getting the, the big high that I used to get after. So I, I, I used to swim. I'd get in and it would almost feel like the world stopped and it slowed down. I, I still get that occasionally, but I don't get the massive feelings of elation that I used to when I swam in the cold. I think we've been really lucky. We are lucky in this country with the medical support that we get. I mean, mm-hmm. and we're lucky. We're learning more and more about the sport looking at looking at all the people that swim we've got a huge depth of knowledge both coaching swimming experience and also medical experience so it's definitely interesting to see what the side effects or or what the adaptations of our bodies are by going and doing these these kind of things because i think that we've as humans become desensitized to colds because we all have central heating on in fact i don't like having my heating on much at all uh, in normal times in the office in the middle of winter when I turn my radiator off and open the window yeah they're not my colleagues aren't so happy then but um yeah you're right I think our houses and our duvets are far too hot yeah because I thinking back I was, I was talking to the boys at Lake about this today thinking about it cavemen must have been really cold and in the wars and in, in the first world war and the second world war the soldiers were exposed to such cold conditions and without yeah. that many clothes and provisions so actually the human yeah. body can withstand a lot more than we give it credit for which is hugely demonstrated by your ice ice zero and being able to swim for 47k and and jamie being able to, to go around manhattan four times and sarah thomas doing the english channel four times they're incredible feats so i think that maybe by training ourselves to do this kind of sport we're actually taking ourselves back to what we were originally evolved to do if that makes sense i still put my heating on i'll just put a jumper on instead the amount of times i was on zoom calls with work and i was sat here in a woolly hat and loads of layers and they're taking the mickey out of me for being too tight for putting my heating on it's like yeah yeah but i also don't like being too hot like my windows are permanently open good i don't like the stuffiness of it i really don't one thing that i've been asking every guest is what three things do you think are most important for swimmers to own in the ice i'd have my charlie mcleod cloak Mm -hmm. i'd have a flask my favorite would be chai latte Mm -hmm. i think you have to have those two and the third one would be a toe float they are a great list of three they are caveat here i do drink hot drinks but only when it's really really cold i always have them with me but i find that if i'm not cold enough i know that i don't need it so i don't drink it and it often comes home with me or (laughs) undrunk um so yeah just a slight caveat for you before you listen to the next section I'm not very good with hot drinks, Kate. I'm I'm getting there. I had my first hot drink today from any of swims. Wouldn't normally have a hot drink unless it's really I cold. I think you're in the minority and I think that I'd always recommend people have that. And yeah. you've got experience and you know how you can cope and how what works for you. Mm. And what I wouldn't feel so comfortable is people listening to that and thinking, well, if you don't need a hot drink, they might not. Because yeah. I always, even the relay team for the girls who come out of the sea cold, and they're very cold and we must think you can get hypothermic 
Mm. If you're not used to it, and they're only used to a swimming pool, and they're teenagers with no body fat at all, yeah. and yet they always come with their flask of hot drink. Yeah. I've been carrying one at the lake. I, have, I carry an emergency hot drink, and I was mm. I did that when when we saw in the um, Bristol Channel. I had my emergency hot drink with me. I didn't drink it. Laura had it, <laughs> but <laughs> but you had it with you. I yeah, always have it with me. I just I don't necessarily drink it. It's just I forget about it, and then I'm warm. But everyone's different. Hot Wabina, hot tea. Some people go for soup. If I'm up yep. in Snowdonia and we're trekking for the day, I might have soup because that might feel more like a bit of, you know, mid-morning or something, lunchtime. I had mulled wine today. <laughs> <laughs> After the swim, hopefully. <laughs> After the swim, yeah. Lovely. I find that I can't swim very well in the ice after a drink. I don't, I don't swim. Definitely don't. No, can't yeah. mix alcohol and swimming. Mm. Uh, actually, sometimes when you, particularly for ice swimming, but I think it's true in any sort of swim, but it's more especially important in the ice that you mustn't drink before. And for the ice miles and for races, you shouldn't drink for 24 hours yeah, previous yeah. to that. And things can affect your swim. You know, if, if you have had a lot to drink, if you've done a lot of travelling and you're jet lagged, you haven't slept well or your diet's not been right, other things and they can all be factors that affect how you feel in the ice and how you perform 100 percent, fully agree with you there and for me as well the hormones uh, hormones yes. play a massive part in it like last week i had the worst swim I got out felt horrible i felt sick and then this week i've had a lovely swim it was and i could have carried on I, I didn't because i'm still a little bit cautious i don't want to push myself like i had a great swim you know when you have a swim and you feel good and you, you get out and you feel hot and you feel warm because you pushed it. I was like me today. When I'm swimming in the cold in the winter, if I feel hot, that's a, a sign of danger for me. And I get out. Um, I came out rosy cheeked, <laughs> just really warm. It was it was nice. A really good swim. But yeah, don't mix booze and no no booze and swimming. Just doesn't go. Doesn't go. <laughs> oh, okay, it's been lovely speaking to you. I'm, I'm... No, thank you for inviting. It's been really lovely. Well, it's thank you. Such, an, such a swimming legend on and someone that's inspired me so much i've had a great time thank you very much and you've got so much potential so much to do in the ice believe me and hopefully we can do some big stuff together that'll be awesome in the future be brilliant we need to get some swims planned i have so many that i've got a big list now and i'm loving Good. it i'm gonna need to start ticking them off the list now that i've got over my fear of sea swimming i am game <laughs>